Hello everyone and welcome back to a new and exciting episode of The Voice of IMGN, a podcast series by the students of IMG Nagpur. I'm Swetha Gupta. And I am Prithvi Singh. Today we have with us Mr. Dennis R. Mortensen, CEO and co-founder of X.AI. He is a serial entrepreneur with an expertise in leveraging data. With this fast-moving data-driven world, what is the trick to you know keeping up with the volume and the velocity of the data that is being thrown at us continuously? There was a time uh, not long ago where you could say things like, "I'm an internet expert." If you say that in the year 2022, that doesn't mean anything. I said, "What are you talking about? An internet expert? You you, you got an Instagram? Can you send email?" I said, "That's just a silly statement." There was a time though where it was not a silly statement. It was actually a statement on your particular expertise in that moment. My point is that expertise and focus is almost always being wanted at a premium. You just need to figure out at this very moment, what is it that is focused and what is it that I should kind of cut? And then you'll work on that for a while and you'll figure out, oh, that whole particular vertical is expanding. Well, then you just keep cutting the slice thinner so you are forever an expert because you can't be an expert on, on everything. So I both need to kind of implement uh, blockchain from the ground up myself. And tomorrow I need to slice a piece of data in whatever business intelligence solutions that might be out there and 40 other things. No, you find your own little slice and you drill deep, super deep. And then, of course, you accept the fact that I'll have somewhat some official knowledge of many other things, and I'll be able to squint and kind of see a scattered part of the world, but not be an expert. But there'll be one thing for where ah, oh, that well over there, you know, Dennis is an expert on that. We should go ask him. And just don't be afraid of kind of you know, positively digging that well for yourself so that people will kind of uh, travel to that kind of uh, extract your expertise. At least that's uh, what keeps me sane. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you, sir, for the amazing answer. Uh, my next question is, what, according to you, is the best thing to do to gain experience uh, before o- opening a venture or jump in and keep learning along the way? There's obviously a place for good education and research and filling yourself up with knowledge from people who have walked similar words to what you're about to do. But there's certainly also a place for actually doing it. Doing some version of what you're about to embark on. As in, you don't become a good runner by reading books. You become a good footballer by watching on the telly. At some point, you're going to put on a pair of shoes and you know enter the field and get exposed to it simply because there's no other way for you to have an honest opinion about it. So whatever, and it's kind of a a string you can pull on each side here, I would just encourage people to not dramatically pull on either side. And if you have to kind of uh, make a sacrifice between there's only so many hours of the day, I would suggest you overinvest in the doing part. The doing part, of course, uh, should not be uh, foolish. And uh, you don't need to kind of make mistakes that all other people have figured out are active mistakes. You know, learn from that. But being unsure, tilt towards the doing part. I'm a big fan of that. Whatever uh, vertical you might be in, 
if you're in, say, product feature communications uh, for a mid-sized startup in the SaaS space, well, you should do enough product feature promotions to see why what you're doing isn't going exactly as you had hoped for, or what you thought was just uh, gangbusters and viral come tomorrow is the complete opposite. So do enough of that. But then again, there's plenty of theory and plenty of uh, material which we can go research before we kind of get started. Plenty of process which we can learn from. But you, you must, at some point, uh, go do something. Thank you. Thank you for the wonderful answer, sir. Uh, my next question uh, is, sir, uh, that like, uh, how was, you know, how did the idea for the patent come to your mind? And uh, were you always just motivated to, you know, have that focus or work with yourself? Or was it something that you kind of, uh, you know, learned from someone or how did it come to you, that philosophy? Sir? That's a good question, right? It's a question which I could ask you. So why are you the way you are? I don't know. Uh, that's a whole kind of nature versus nurture type question. Then all of a sudden, uh, this answer turns into a four-hour seminar uh, and not a quick uh, blip. I do think uh, if you early on, and this might just be wrong, uh, end up with a few hobbies, like really early on, and you see the joy of becoming an expert, even just silly things when you're kind of a small boy or a small girl, and you just lean in and do them year after year. For some, it's that they play a sport. For some, it's they have some kind of other hobby. And I had a few things which I did early on and often enough and did repeatedly, you know, seven days a week. And anything which you do seven days a week for years on end, surely you might not become a professional this or that, but you become good at it. And you start to kind of see the joys of, well, being the best at something in your own little circle or neighborhood or city or town. When you get the taste of that, uh, I think early, then you seek that out again. And I think that's why I've been finding it somewhat easy to kind of just go kind of dig a well of expertise and keep kind of digging because it might not be uh, giving you the financial outcome you had hoped for, but it will give you a lot of glory. Yes. Uh, so, sir, how was your experience interacting with the student managers of IMT Nagpur over a virtual platform? And what advice would you like to give them before they start their corporate journey? Good question. You're almost asking uh, my opinion about what might be the new way of doing business, right? Where there was a time not long ago, probably just a couple of years ago, where if I hired any one of you or any one of you hired me and you said, Dennis, this is the address of the office. We meet nine to six, five days a week. And that is a part of the contract. And I wouldn't have, I would stick glanced over that part. That would just be obvious. Like, I'll look at the other things, uh, vacation, benefits, salary, whatever. Nowadays, though, it seems almost difficult to suggest to somebody that there's an address for the company for you're forced to go five days a week, especially if you're a maker. By maker, I mean any one of your you know, engineers and scientists and people who kind of push code to production. It's probably not what you want. As in, it's very costly 
to have them at the office so they can be disturbed and not kind of get the mega time which they need. So that particular part, I think, might have disappeared forever. Doesn't mean that we're not going to come back to the office. We'll come back to the office, but I do think there'll be an inkling of, uh, and again, remember, uh, there was a time when you said, I'll be working home on Friday. You might have well have said, I'm taking a day off. Like people just immediately translated that as in, ah, oh, you want a long weekend? Now though, you can say, I'll actually be working from my home address, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and people just accept it as in, okay, that's, that's normal. So coming back to the beginning of your question, how do I feel about this? I think uh, I'm getting comfortable with the fact that we reached the point of no return. There was an inflection point where we cannot go back. We can't say we want everything to be as they were before. That will not be the case. That means we're now forced to figure out how do we make the most of this new world we're living in. I'll add two points to that. One, we should not go back. I'm actually a huge fan, and I used not to be, to be honest, of having makers sit in places where they can make quiet at home, four hours, focused, and just really put some good code to production. Now, I'm also, and this is where perhaps I'm either getting too old or being unwilling to let go of the past. There's something, and we shouldn't be naive about this, as in there's uh, 80 good things that came along with this new setting, but there's probably also some things that gets lost. We should be aware of the things that got lost, meaning that if the three of us are trying to uh, do some research, be innovative, uh, taking something from zero to one, I'm not so sure that uh, Microsoft Teams or Slack or Google Chat or an email here and there provides the same level of ingenuity or creativity as if we just right now in our t-shirts went to the whiteboard, did some ping pong, and you say something, I say something, and ah, that doesn't work, we have a laugh, and we kind of work it as in there's something in that dynamic that doesn't translate as well. And that suggests to me that there's certain parts of the startup journey that probably needs to be, or certainly it's an advantage if they are in person. Then there's certainly other things that are you know, a disadvantage, but I do think, and that'll be my, uh, my warning of, don't let go of the entire past, AKA from two years ago. Let's figure out which parts worked well, let's figure out which parts didn't work as well, and then uh, assemble those two. Again, uh, That'll be my commentary. And perhaps I'm just kind of advocating for the fact that, hey, some startup founders and early employees, we need to get together in person. That, that would be the short version.